0: Scotland! I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. He kills men by the hundred.
1: And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse.
2: Maybe it's an English
0: American thing. It is not an English American thing. In London is NBA, in Africa is NBA, in China is NBA. We
3: the NBA, the
0: nationwide basketball, National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again. Okay, National Basketball Association. Okay,
3: thank you. In your opinion,
0: so.
2: You have a growing fan base who of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well.
0: How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right? Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK.
2: You sound skeptical. Well,
0: <laughs> um, you see, because we're soccer fans, I right. shouldn't say that, I'll get smacked for saying that, but football fans here We, we call it football, okay. but... Um, how many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Well, how does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in this swimmer. How come this swimmer
1: ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play I hate, yo. It's because I was from the UK.
3: Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the Double Clutch podcast, giving you the best NBA coverage from a British perspective. And today, we are joined by a special guest. But anyway, before we get to the special guest, uh, I've got to introduce my usual co-host. I am, of course, Matthew Wellington. I'm joined today by Matthew Bates. Hello. And we've got Frankie, who seems to have recovered from his night out the other day. Hey,
1: You said we have a special guest. I'm on. I'm on a lot. I'm I'm special. You're not special. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Oh, yeah. Carry
3: on. Our special guest today is somebody we've... uh, I think we've all been big fans of for for a long while, as uh, we're going to get a bit wax lyrical here. But uh, today we are joined by the man who famously said, Braveheart is no space jam. It is, of course, Mr. Ethan Sherwood-Strauss, regular contributor to CBS Ion Basketball Podcast and columnist for ESPN and the True Hoop blog. Hello, Ethan.
2: Hi, everybody. Uh, how do you guys feel about that Braveheart? heart? It, it seems like <laughs> a depiction of Scottish history that I'm not familiar with, uh, with the Scots beating the British. I, I don't a, I don't think it actually went that way.
3: It's incredibly inaccurate, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen
2: it. It's sort of one of those things where it's refuted by just looking at, I don't know, a map. You yeah, just basically. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The Battle of Stirling Bridge is going to not take place at a bridge. This is, is, the, ma- is the main thing in that film. With someone who studied history for three years at university, that kind of gets on my uh, nerves a little bit. The fact that they had this big battle scene, and it wasn't set in the right place and in the right location. But then again, it's one of those gladiator things where you have a cavalry charge for a forest. Kind of yeah, it, wouldn't happen.
2: It, it, you'll explain that to somebody um, with your education, with your background, with facts and logic, and they will look at you and they will just yell... <laughs> freedom and that that's you know that will end the the conversation apparently
1: that's a bit like it's a bit like uh, talking to kobe fan
2: oh it's exactly <laughs> talking to kobe fans. i think kobe <laughs> fans and mel gibson are roughly at the same level of sanity
1: oh dear god
3: <laughs> i feel sorry for him
2: ah uh, well um
3: so obviously you've been at sloan for well you're at sloan over the weekend um so we wanted to kind of talk to you about that a little bit i know you've been doing other shows this week where you've gone on and on about Sloan. So it's probably getting a little bit boring But we thought we'd get you to explain what is Sloan and why is it relevant to today's NBA because a lot of British people wouldn't have heard of uh, of the Sports Analytic Conference and it took place in Boston this year?
2: Mm -hmm. It takes takes place in Boston every year. It originally took place at MIT, a really, I don't know how famous MIT is, but uh, a a really famous university in the United States that's very much math and science uh, based, uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Um, And then it moved to a convention center and that was somewhat of a symbolic move because it used to be about this academic mission of increasing the knowledge of statistics in sports and what – You know, what statistics have to teach us about sports. And now it's kind of different. It's more of a trade show where people want to want to sell some sort of gadget that tells you where players are moving or sell some sort of information, but they're not willing to give up the give up the goose. They're not willing to give it all up because if the, the paradox of it is this. If you believe that information is valuable, if you believe that statistics are valuable, then you're not going to really be talking openly about statistics and their uses anymore because it's currency. If you believe it's valuable, you want to keep it to yourself or you want yeah. to sell it to somebody else. So that's what Sloan has become about. And because they can't talk openly about the statistics, now they're just going to entertain the hell out of you. And they're just <laughs> going to have Stan Van Gundy yelling and making fun of people and uh, these awkward panels where... Uh, the owner of the Kings is getting in a fight with the owner of the Celtics. So now they're, now it's just a show. Now it's just fun. Mm-hmm. So
3: I heard about uh, Stan Van Gundy having a go at s- several people and teams to be, considering I've got two 76ers fans with me tonight on this podcast, I heard that he went into the kill against them, so. <laughs> what, what was <laughs> that noise? He's got the
2: fire alarm. <laughs> that was the most British noise I'd ever heard. <laughs> it was a more British noise than the, than the name Matthew Wellington. That was, uh... <laughs>
0: Uh, it's classic Frankie and his uh, university halls. It's Frankie and his university halls and his fire
3: alarm going off.
2: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, but on the Stan McGundy thing, I believe he called the Sixers a, a disgrace or what they were doing the season to be a disgrace, and I, I I kind of wonder if uh would Sixer fans even object at this point.
0: No. no not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we are Maybe we're not. Lo- <laughs> we look in the I don't know, in my perspective, we're looking in the long run more than the short term and we don't mind being a disgrace. I don't mind them being a disgrace for one year as long as there's a brighter future in, ahead.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that's where, where most people are. And it's the smart thing to do. It's just at a certain juncture, it becomes farcical. And it seems that late in the season, it, it went that way before they were kind of competitive. They weren't good, but you had MC dub and you know, it, they, they were something of a fun team. And now, it, it, it's like they're not even an NBA team, and it's just it's just a different situation entirely in the uh, second half of the season.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, the amount of games I've watched since the All Star break has dramatically decreased.
2: I I can't even believe uh, you've watched any <laughs> at this uh, point.
0: But the first three were all right.
2: Eh, you know, you know, it's and 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 that's one reason why. And there's this whole discussion around tanking. It was a hot topic at Sloan. Uh, It's a conversation that gets confused for some reason. I, I think that the people who are against tanking are against the incentives that compel teams to lose intentionally. But then that gets understood for some reason as you're against teams tanking. And no, according to the incentives, teams should tank in certain situations. You know, I'm not saying that uh the Sixers are wrong for what they're doing I'm saying that it sucks that the incentives are such that they're going to drag their fans through what you're going through so that was a topic at Sloan and I think that that's that's something the NBA should just fix it would be easy to fix it's bizarre that they don't and it makes the league look silly
3: was Stan Van Gundy trying to be a sort of comedian at this Sloan thing a bit of a random
2: <laughs> reference but I heard I was reading an article where
3: it said of what possible use is this information it just sounds like he didn't take the thing seriously
2: I, I would say he's trying succeeding. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you listen to him on the Dan Levitard show once a week, he's fantastic, and he, I think, at some level, I, I do think he likes the roar of the crowd, and he's, yeah. he's seeking that out because it, it, it's funny. He occupies a strange, uh, paradoxical place because his team's played in a, a statistically savvy manner, and yet he's the guy who's going to show up. And send up this entire conference and the use of statistics, and in many cases make good points about how uh, there's this human element that that we often ignore but but it is funny it is funny how he's a stats guy, but he's here to mock the stats users, and somehow it works. it's super funny
3: so he was part of the basketball analytics panel
2: was he? Yeah, I don't know how these panels are chosen. I don't know why. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is the most random mix of people. We'll just put them all together. See what yeah,
2: wasn't it Colangelo? Brian Colangelo was on that, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's just why? Why is that happening?
3: Yeah, Steve Kerr, Brad Stevens, Mike Zarin, and Zach Lowe all on that basketball panel. Um, did you attend that, or were you I did.
2: I, I attended it, and uh, I had to run up and get some extra sound from Colangelo. <laughs> rap- <laughs> Talked about the admitted the tanking, which is hilarious because Adam Silver says there's never been any evidence of any kind of tanking, and of <laughs> course there's tons of evidence. And now you have at this thing that Silver is attending, you have a, a, for, a former GM saying that uh, you know that I tanked and I've done it, so I had to get some sound from him. And I I was thoroughly entertained though; it was a, it was a very interesting panel.
3: Ta- tanking for us is, is, is well, because we because we're NBA fans, obviously we understand it, but in terms of like. Our sports, so we, we've got to look at soccer here, I'm afraid, or football. Oh,
2: Ta- tanky well, doesn't. Co- I'm, not, I'm not like Zach Harper. I, I I love soccer. You're a
3: soccer fan. Uh Tanky doesn't really come into a question because if you get relegated
2: mm-hmm. in our
3: leagues, you lose a lot of money and you lose the ability to sign bigger players and star players. So it's kind of an odd thing, and it's it's amazing how these sports all work. And I think we can learn from the way the American system works with the draft system because our university system over here and college system, etc is completely different and we don't seem to nurture our sporting talent, which is why it's a real shame that um Great British Basketball has lost its funding for the next few years because we're going to get no national funding whatsoever towards Team GB and it's going to cause a, a bit of a problem when it comes to playing international basketball. So I find it really odd how tanking in the NBA is so different from what we'd h- expect over here with, with British sports, whether that be rugby, cricket, anything, anything that's got a league over here – is all based on winning or relegation and you want to avoid the drop. Whereas in the NBA, it's kind of, you want to get to the bottom so you can get that first round pick, if you get me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I wish we had that relegation system. I mean, that makes the end of the EPL season so fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll never, we'll never get it. These, these billionaires are not by teams, uh, for the risk of being relegated. So it's just never going to happen. But it, I, I wish, you know, and that just shows you that tradition is powerful. You know, we had a tradition of doing that. Then the people buying basketball teams would would not really fight to change it because it would just be accepted, and so that's that's difficult. That is difficult to change, and um I, I I think that the college system uh being involved with the sports system maybe it does make us better at certain sports. But I prefer what you guys have going on because it's a bit crazy, isn't it, to have university uh, tied to sports to say that college is anything yeah. to say to academics is really an insane tradition that we have it makes no sense whatsoever i mean it's totally random you might as well be saying that uh you know college should have something to do with uh, pet ownership or (laughs) choose choose anything you know um so i'm not sure that's the best system either um it just seems like in this case that you have a far superior system as far as the bad teams than what we've got
3: yeah well i'm I'm an Orange city fan so we're sort of uh, milking Ooh. relegation at the moment, which isn't much fun. So. <laughs> at least you're in the Premiership. Yeah, we've been up and down for years. <laughs> I've kind of kind of grown used to it. To be honest, It's like Frankie is a, an Arsenal fan, so they're kind of permanently rooted in the top eight, which is nice. So, I think well, the NBA I gave us it, a nice. Arsenal,
2: it was funny. Arsenal fans are so doom and gloom in the uh.
0: <laughs>
2: before the season started, and it was just oh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Then they finally spent a little bit of money on Ozil and, uh, reversal of fortune. But man, they were so doom and gloom in the preseason. So who do you follow? Do you, do you support a team? I don't really support a team. You know, I, 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 I view it a bit like basketball where I'll just, there'll be certain stars and I'll like following them. Yeah. I, won't, I won't care much about the teams. Like I, I liked Arsenal back when I was uh, watching Thierry Henry. That was fun. But it, right now, I don't know. I guess I, I kind of like, this is gonna sound awful. This is gonna sound
0: like
2: the, the very <laughs> girly, girly answer, but I like Man City's uniforms. <laughs> I like powder blue. I, I like that color. So you know. yeah, that's that's fair enough. It's yeah, like we
3: have we have the problem of picking an NBA team. Like if you want to follow an NFL franchise or a hockey franchise or a basketball franchise, it's kind of how do we pick who we want to watch? Because East Coast teams tend to be easier for us to actually stay up and watch. Mm-hmm. Whereas West Coast teams, because of the time difference, you end up being up at like 4.30 in the morning. When you're a Lakers fan like me and the way they play at the moment, you don't really want to be up at 5 in the morning when you've got work the next day. It's kind of yeah, beats the point, really.
2: <laughs> that, 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 that's tough. And it's also tough, too, because uh, so many of the best teams to watch this year are, are in the Western Conference. Um, and you do speak to an interesting issue where I... I enjoy as we call it soccer but I have no yeah. reason to be a fan of whichever team in the premiership because I've never been to England. So sure. it would seem ridiculous if I was just rapidly screaming for Man United. I've never been there. That would be that would uh, that would just seem almost <laughs> so I'm I'm almost searching I'm searching for a reason. I'm searching for a reason to like, you know, like a certain team and it doesn't really work. Too much in soccer because you can, you know, I really enjoyed the antics of Balotelli, so I enjoyed when he was on Man City, but you know, then he leaves and hey, what are you going to do?
3: I think it, I think it is a really, uh, interesting way to look at how you support your sports teams because obviously we grow up in certain places, so you tend to follow who you follow. And obviously you live in San Francisco, so your natural state is to follow the, the Warriors and the 49ers. You're a you 49ers fan?
2: You know, I'm, I'm enjoying them recently. I, I grew up, uh, actually in, in San Diego near the, uh, the Mexican border. And, uh, so uh, I, I grew up watching the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I'm just kind of, uh, I'm less in the, I'm less into American football than I've ever, than I've ever been. I think all that stuff with the, the brain damage, you know, kind of puts a, puts a damper on it, but (laughs) long-winded way of saying that when the Niners are on, I'll watch them, you know.
3: I think me and Matt will agree when we, we could both say that we're now NBA fans as opposed to team fans. Like we love the league so much that we've got involved, you know, invested in players and coaches and the way offenses work and defenses work that we just generally follow whoever we want to watch. Like my league past teams, Portland,
2: mm-hmm. but I'm
3: quite partial to watching the Kings because I just, I don't know. There's something about them. They, they, they amuse me when I watch them play. And I think they're a good, everybody's they're a good, got good bad
2: like team. They're, they're, they're a good, bad team to watch. Yeah. You know, or they, they've got some interesting stuff about them. And and really, that's that, that's sort of the way that NBA fandom goes, and how it's different is that it is very personality driven, mm-hmm. um, and it's not so much tribal and team driven. Even if people do have teams they like, and they they say that I'm a I'm a blank fan, um, people get very much into the arc of somebody like LeBron or somebody like Kobe. And in many instances, uh, it, it seems as though with a lot of Laker fans, actually, uh, when they say five rings it matters more that Kobe got those rings than that the Lakers got those rings.
3: Yeah, yes. no, I agree. Because I, I was at work tonight and I was talking to one of, the, one of the lads at work and he's he plays the NBA 2K game, so that's the only reason he has any interest in the NBA. And he says he's a Lakers fan. I said, well, are you a Lakers fan or are you a Kobe fan? And he goes, well, really, I'm a Kobe fan. And it's yeah. like, you find that over here, people follow the players rather than the teams. And I had a I had a housemate at university who, was just getting into basketball and that was the time the big three came around in Miami. So naturally he ended up choosing the Miami heat and he's been obsessed with them ever since. But <laughs> if you asked him deep down in his heart, he's a LeBron James fan. He's not a Miami heat. fan.
2: <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Dan Lebatard, Who's a ESPN radio personality and columnist. Who's yeah. who lives in, lives in Miami was saying that his, his, his father, who's just ridiculous. Um, it was saying he, his father was lashing out at all these bandwagon fans. And his father <laughs> says without without a hint of irony that, you know, I'm not, I'm not bandwagon. I've supported LeBron since he got here. <laughs> it's
3: like, but but like, we, have, we have them over here at the moment because obviously Manchester United are not doing very well.
2: So right yeah. now,
3: Man United fans are kind of looking for a way out. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm really supporting this team who I wasn't following when Man United was successful. That so I think be- you have it in every sport.
2: That must be weird for them to have Man United finally, finally falling on hard times. Like yeah. their entire self-esteem must just be thrown into uncertainty. I mean, I, what what teams are they jumping uh, jumping to?
3: Oh, God knows. Like, and any like if say <laughs> Gosh, they were Dale. born, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's say they were born in London. Yet they end up being a Manchester United fan. They might go back to Fulham or Queens uh-huh. Park Rangers or somebody near them just to mm-hmm. you know pretend that they've been a diehard fan for life, but it's like with the playoffs last year. I think all three of us here became Warriors fans for about a week yeah. because mm-hmm. of the way the, the the Warriors were playing offense in that playoff series was just
2: oh, incredible. So the
3: whole run was just incredible. We loved watching Stephen Curry every night, and David Lee going out was a little bit of a godsend, really, because Harrison Barnes came onto the floor and they played some fantastic offensive basketball. And they've not really been too too great this year, so I'm gonna ask you what do you think about the uh, the way the warriors are playing at the moment because defensively they've looked fantastic and yeah. you've written several articles on their defense this year.
2: Yeah, they're a better team than last season's team entering the playoffs but they don't play in the style that's conducive uh to, to leveraging their, their their best talent of, of those two guys shooting on the perimeter so yeah. um yeah, I don't I I, I do feel like David Lee is a bit of a drag on the operation with his salary and I the thing is we I don't know what would happen. If they didn't have David Lee this time around, I don't know what would happen. Maybe it would be even worse. Maybe, uh, Barnes would, would crumble and, you know, Draymond Green would miss a bunch of threes. He made a bunch of threes in that Denver series. But I do suspect that the result of him not being in this situation is that they would shoot more threes and they would certainly play better defense. And so I, I do miss it. I do miss it. That style. Remember how, how it was with the, uh, four out, four three point shooters it was thrilling and it, it it's so hard to cover everybody and also account for curry and maybe they'll look over that in the uh, in the off season and change the roster around i'm not sure as far as the warriors right now um i almost wonder if they're a little underrated now because people don't really care about defense yes. not accounting for that part of it and steve blake's looked damn good recently uh he's been he's been awesome off the bench so um they they're still likely headed for a first round exit but the steve blake edition has given me more hope
3: i think that's a really nice asset for you to get because obviously he left the lakers and i was quite upset when i saw that he'd been traded because i i i rate him as a player he has his he has his moments but at the end of the day he could go off and get you 21 points on one night or you know 25 on another and he he just depends on what mood he's in and I think he really helps that Golden State Warriors team because he comes in and fills that void that sort of Jarrett Jack left in the summer so Mm -hmm. it really fills that great gap for them and a good win last night for the uh, the Warriors against the Celtics
2: yeah and uh, before that against the Pacers and with with Blake they just badly needed some of the things he does they they had a dearth of people who could dribble and though they're defined by shooting a dearth of people who could shoot you know aside from uh, Curry and, and Thompson they don't really have anybody else who can be trusted to hit an open jump shot. So that's a that that that's kind of ironic, where they're defined by the thing they can't do well. But that's the case. And so Blake's just a, his ability to dribble and make a few plays, and also to be a shooting threat, huge for that team. Really fills a void.
0: Do you uh, them? Oops, sorry, go on. Man. I was just going to say that they're sitting sixth in the conference at the moment. Who do you think? Is probably their best shot that they can get past the first round out of the Thunder, uh, Spurs, Rockets, Lakers. Watching them, which one, which team do you think they'll probably have the best Wait, did, opportunity? Did you, to say, be did you
2: say Lakers for that fourth I game?
0: Think, I meant Clippers. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. I, I'm I, just used, not used to it. I'm not,
0: I'm not used to saying the Clippers so high and not saying the Lakers. <laughs>
2: it's tough. Oh, shit so let's go over that again. It was uh, Spurs, Thunder. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might regret saying this because it might sound a little crazy. I would go with the thunder of those teams. Um, I, I know that that sounds insane and it sounds crazy because the thunder are the best of those teams. They're the best of those teams. I would pick them to win uh, the Western conference if I had to pick a team, but they also do some things that would make them a bit ripe for that upset, which is their defensive strategy is to really pack the paint and they give up more three point shots than any playoff team out there. So that is, uh, that would allow their, their you know, porous perimeter defense would allow Curry and Clay Thompson to to go off um, and pack in the paint against the Warriors. I mean, what does that even matter? What does that matter? The Warriors can't score in the paint anyway, so you're just walling off this area that they're never going to even visit. So because of that, um, and maybe the ability of Iguodala, I don't know if Iguodala can really slow Durant, but just to be a capable Durant defender, they have somebody to guard Durant. Uh, that. Is the team I would pick for the upset, probably followed by the Clippers. It's a toss up between them and the Clippers for me. The Which games one these did... two
3: have had to, this season has been, they've been so phenomenal, those two games. And I think they've both been on BT Sport over here, so it's been great for British fans to see close games like that.
2: Oh yeah, it's it, when they've played the Thunder, that's been fantastic. Actually, them and the Clippers would be good too, just because they either get in a fight or nearly get in a fight whenever they. <laughs> can. So. And the Rockets too. You know, the Warriors just might be annoying. I, I think that's what I'm learning here, where it's not about them and a particular team. They just might have some goons.
1: No, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say like they seem to be making rivals with every every team, like right? and any any kind of rivalry you mentioned. Well, you know, everyone likes to oh, let's not call it a rivalry, but. Let's just admit, like, they, some teams just don't like each other.
2: Yeah. I don't, why don't they admit to the rivalries? The, the Warriors wouldn't do that with the Clippers. And I, I, I mentioned this on, uh, on Zach's podcast, I believe, but, um, Steph Curry was saying it's not a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. And finally I just got fed up with it. And I, I said, come on, just say it's a rivalry. It's what the people want, you know, it's what <laughs> the people want. And he came back at me with, you know, well, what does it matter? And I said, you know, what, what does anything matter? You, you throw a sphere at a ring, you know, and it's just, it, it, not, none of this matters. It's all entertainment. So yeah. why not entertain the people? So, you know, and then I was dragged out of there by security. <laughs> nah, it was, it really okay. But, you know, uh, I, I, I wish they would admit that these were rivalries.
0: Make it more WWE.
2: Yeah, exactly. The rivalries. <laughs> hey, no league is better at hyping itself than that one. So, Go back there's to the altitude there. <laughs>
1: Oh no, I, I was, I was going to ask you a question. I know, I know you probably touched on Sloan, but, um, I, I did miss a bit of that. Um, but <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm at, least the- at least you're, at least you're alive, mate. That's what we care about. Well, yeah. that, that, that's always a uh, bad but I, I know you do like your, uh, football, Ethan, the, the proper football, not the one with the, one with the, with the, where you throw it. I was going to yes. ask you, um, how, how, how do you think football, I know it's a bit off topic, but how do you think football can use, like, analytics better or, Sloan, because th- th- there's no presence as far as I know or from any football teams at, at the conference. So,
2: well, I, I, it's going to have to be through some sort of tracking data, right? Because we mm. don't have too many statistics to work with. You know, we have shots on goal. We have amount of shots and, and, and accuracy, but it, what they're going to have to do, I believe, is th- they have now with the NBA, what they're working on. I think it's called EPV where every single play at every single juncture is given a percentage as far as, you know, what the success rate is and they're breaking down everything. I think that's what's going to have to happen with, uh, with with football that way. Um, in order to learn anything, you're going to have to know how many steps everybody's taking, how much range this defender, uh, this defensive stopper has, or, you know, or how fast this striker can go. You know, it's, mm. it's going to be stuff like that. I, I believe, and that should improve things. I, I know that there's been some sort of fiscal revolution to explain, you know, how good Sturridge has been this season. I've been reading some of that, but I haven't really dug into, into that, into, uh, mm. you know, into the Sturridge season. Um, but I, I think it's going to be camera based, you know, mm. I, it's going to, it's going to be tracking data mm. based on, based on the camera. And that's how we're going to learn more.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you see a lot of like, it's starting to come with like, you get past completion and stats like that. And already the reaction of some fans is, oh, we don't want stats. I'll watch the game. And and do you think like, is that, is that the way it started with the NBA? I mean, Oh yeah. That's that's the
2: existence, which people are flattering themselves so much to think that they are able to see everything that's happening. I mean, especially with football where, you're not even seeing everybody on the screen at once. You're not seeing all, you know, you're not seeing all 11. So you can't possibly be tracking everything that's happening. So um, that's the resistance, right? That's the resistance is just watch the game as though it's that simple. I mean, in, in, in basketball, that'd be great if you have a photographic memory and you can, you know, and you're watching literally every, all 82 of the games, then yeah, just watch the game is fine. I do think that's better than any stat. In all honesty, watching the game is the best stat, but the problem is that the people saying just watch the game are often the people who wouldn't watch the game with that degree of dedication, you know, pausing, going back, just poring over uh, the different play sets and what's working and what's not. So really when they say just watch the game, what they're saying is don't make me think. That's what they're saying.
1: Obviously we'll move back back to the Warriors, but... um. I saw you write about Andre Godala, and I mean, the, the, the national media is almost focused on the fact that it's not, um I mean, Godala's been good, but people seem to think, oh, he's putting up, I, I don't know off the top of my head, I think it's like five points a game or eight points a game, and it's not like the Andre Godala we know, but you've obviously defended him and said that the defence is just as important, it's sides will just don't want to put the words in your mouth, but do you want to just... Explain that a bit more. Like, do you feel like defense is underrated by most people? Because oh yeah, you've got, you've got James Harden, and even even on the Warriors, you've got Steph Curry, who's mm. terrible in defense. So.
2: Yeah, he's certainly no defensive uh, defensive stopper. Um, yeah, I I mean, well, at least with Curry, I guess a mitigating factor could be that point guard defense might not be as important as wing defense, um, and generally that's how it goes. The bigger you are, the bigger the impact you can have on defense, which is why Roy Hibbert's the most important defensive player in the league probably because you take up more space because that's what defense is about at some at some basic level is taking up space but uh it it is half the game of basketball and it doesn't get half the attention we like to focus on scoring combined with how defense is very difficult to pay attention to and you have to look away from the ball we're all like we're all like cats and dogs we just see a ball bouncing around and And we just focus (laughs) in on that Right, so it's difficult to draw our attention elsewhere. And when you do that for Igadala, you know, while I, I I should say I wish he had been more aggressive on offense, and that would be great. He is having a fantastic season. He is leading the the uh, last day check, leading the league in plus minus, and you can see why if you if you watch it, where he shadows his man, and when uh, off the ball, he's waving his arms uh as he's chasing somebody, so you can't even pass the guy the ball. When you do, uh, he does a great job in just the the kind of defense people do pay attention to, that one-on-one, uh, that one-on-one battle. And he haunts passing lanes in a way that reminds me of Roy Hibbert, uh, haunting the driving lanes, you know, where he makes his presence known and he fans out and waves to make sure that people can't get the entry passes they want to get. He does a lot of little things that comprise great defense and there is no stat for that. And people don't pay attention or credit it. And the, the, the way I put it is this, is that if Igadala was having the offensive season he was having defensively, everybody would be cheering this acquisition and saying it was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's just so happens that we don't pay attention to defense. And that's why people are disappointed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think, um, I'll, I'll buy into a lot of that. Um, but then, and then obviously there's the other side of the argument that, uh, maybe offense is a little bit harder. You don't have to be as, as, I mean, talented I mean skilled or it's more mm-hmm. of a, it's more of a like
2: kind of well I, I'll, I'll give you the other side of the argument which is that a great offensive player might be more valuable than a great mm. defensive player because defense is more about cooperation and everybody being on the same page and offense can be offense can be done with just even one Supreme athlete, you know, LeBron, when he was playing for Cleveland, you know, what was their offense? Their offense in many ways was LeBron is able to get to the rim no matter what, you know? Um, And so that, that might be the argument. It might just be more so that the difference between a great offensive player and an average offensive player is much vaster than the difference between a great defensive player and an average defensive player.
3: Mm, I agree iguodala has got this great sort of wide open stance as well when he's standing oh, defending the perimeter. That's obs- just fantastic.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great observation. Super wide stance. Makes it very hard to get around him. I don't know if that's just natural or if he's going, if he's in pain after the game. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's in an ice bath in our local advertisements in one of the advertisements. <laughs> Maybe he's icing those haunches.
1: So, like, all in all, are you, are you, uh, content with, with that acquisition?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think he's been great for them. Um And a-, a lot you have to take into consideration that it's not it's not as though they got him on top of retaining Jack and on top of retaining Landry. He had to compensate for what they lost in that respect. And even though people don't feel this way, they are at least points wise, they're nearly four points better than they were last season it just doesn't feel that way because so many teams are good in the west and maybe their expectations were beyond where they are but he's demonstrated his value he's demonstrated effectively that he's you know he contributes more value than jack and landry put together
3: i've, I've got to ask because it's just it's just nagging at me but what, what are your thoughts on uh, the recent run of form from kent baseball since his trade to los <laughs>
2: angeles well, I, I believe that Mike D'Antoni is a better offensive coach than Mark Jackson. And that's combined with Kent Bazemore not having as much, uh, not, not having as much fear about losing minutes and, and playing with more space with shooters and a more wide open system. But I can tell you that, uh, I, I know that Bazemore's agent was frustrated because he wouldn't play on the court with Steph Curry. He wouldn't play with another playmaker and he was expected just to be a point guard. And that's not really what he's capable of. And that's, in many ways, why he fell apart. So, I, you know, I don't think that Bazemore is going to come back to haunt them, but it is, uh, illustrative of perhaps the lack of imagination on offense that the Warriors have been plagued by at points. Who yeah, do I mean, you think's,
0: who do you think's going to take over the bench dance antics now that he's gone?
2: <laughs> obviously, Spates. Obviously, Marie <laughs> Maurice
1: Spates looks a lot like David West to me.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got a similar sneer. It'd be nice if he was as good as David West. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad.
3: Right, um, should we talk about AI? I know you guys want to talk about Alan Iverson a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I think Ian, Ethan
1: will be very um, contrarian about this.
2: <laughs> I might be. I, I, I don't know. I, I sort of just... I, I've decided... I abstain from a lot of AI debates because he makes people very emotional, and I guess it's it's like that... Maya Angelou quote about how people won't remember what you said, people won't remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And Iverson made people feel a certain way as this warrior poet, this little guy throwing himself into the fray in the way he did. Um My personal feelings on it, that's very important. You know, he made people feel a certain way, that's important. But the way he made people feel also makes them feel quite irrationally about how how great he was! I mean, the way he's spoken about, it, it's like his MVP season and the game one of the finals are all that ever happened. Nobody talks about yeah. all the other seasons, you know, when he was hiding in the, uh, you know, in the bathroom while practice was happening, eating taquitos, which really sounds like code <laughs> or, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, doing something else recreationally. But um, so a flawed, a flawed player, a charismatic player, an important player. Um, not the most efficient guy, but certainly somebody who gave the fans a show and he'll be remembered with more fondness than uh, whatever the opposite of fondness is.
3: Because he obviously had his jersey retired at, uh, last weekend and we had a debate on our last podcast um, about our top five players of, from 2000 to 2010.
2: And Ooh, that's an t- ugly period of time though. <laughs> uh, yeah, and AI came up
3: and then we had the whole could we put LeBron in there or was he too young? And then we've got obviously Paul Pierce and Kevin <laughs> and Kobe Bryant and Shaq, and we had all these. We, we, we went on for what twenty odd minutes just to but, throw in back these players, and it was such a frustration trying to figure out where Allen Iverson sort of stood in that rankings, or if well, he was in that rankings. Not, actually. not in that rankings. I'm sorry. He was for, yeah. he was for Matt. He wasn't for me. He wasn't for you either. He,
2: he yeah, wouldn't, he, he wouldn't be for me. But I, I, I know, I know that I'm a robot, and that I just don't <laughs> feel the way. I don't feel the way about Iverson that a lot of people feel. But I, I have no problem with somebody else putting him in, in their, in their top five. Could you give us a top five? Off the top oh, of your head? Who's that putting you on the Oh, Ethan with a hot take. Of the 2000s. Oh man. Well, I guess Shaq and Duncan, that makes it pretty easy, yep, right? Yes. Yep.
0: <laughs> two for two. <ten.
2: laughs> ah, man. And I'm, I'm thinking about, it. I'm thinking about, do I want this to be, that'll look like an all NBA team where I need a guard and I need a, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Jason Kidd is he yes. in there? Yeah. So you Do that. Uh, I, I well, guess I I'll, no I'll, put T-Mac, I'll put T Mac. I'll put T Mac in there just because <laughs> peak T Mac was was great. You know, I like peak. I like the peak of a player. I think that's more important than the whole scope. So uh I'll I'll, I'll put T Mac there, and then I need a, I'll go Paul Pierce. That's 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 my. Wow. No Kobe. I am. Um, oh, okay. no, Kobe, no, 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 <laughs> oh, Okay, okay, let me. Sorry about that. Okay, T Mac, you're bumped. And I'd, I'd like to know why. This is. I know
1: this is. You've been put on the spot there, but I mean, LeBron. I know he didn't win a title at Cleveland. If we look, people act like he did, didn't do anything and he played ho- He played horribly in Cleveland. Like well, this guy me, was.
2: Let me, let me interrupt you then, uh, Paul Pierce, you're bumped, LeBron. <laughs> but
1: uh, I'm not, this isn't like um you It's like generally like people think, oh, since he made the switch to Miami he's been so he he was he was great in Cleveland. He oh, he had so fun. That,
2: I think it's more that I you're thinking about players of that time period and you think of LeBron yeah. now of this time period. So that's that's what's going on there. But if I had to pick somebody from the two thousands, then yeah, LeBron Was was great, and he was great on Cleveland. And even though he's so criticized for how those teams didn't end up winning a championship, ultimately you look back on it, and it's just it's almost like how bad Cleveland is. It's it's almost like that is LeBron's version of winning six titles the way Jordan you know Jordan did. It's just they're 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 a tire fire. They're so awful, and. Um, his ability to even make them respectable is just a monumental feat. Yeah, it's,
1: it's
2: definitely
3: a hot topic, and we went on for a good 20-odd minutes about the other day. Well, I'm glad you managed to answer it in less than five minutes. You make us look <laughs> quite unprofessional, which is what we oh, like. <laughs>
2: it's one of the few times I was concise.
3: <laughs> so, time to have a little bit of fun. Um, obviously, we've been on and off basketball. We've, we've We've talked about football. We've had fire alarms. We've had all, ki- all kinds of interruptions. Um, but we had a couple of, uh, qu- questions from some listeners, so we've sort of picked up five or six here. Um, just gonna read you the first one, a little bit random, I must be honest. Um, sure. Everything from history to music, so, I, I know you're a man of culture, so we'll, we'll find <laughs> out how, how much you know, but, um, if you had to recast Top Gun with current NBA players, who would play the lead roles? So basically, who do you think is the NBA equivalent of Maverick and Goose?
2: Oh man, that's so, that's so tough. Um, the, is the idea to have them on the same team is that is that is that the idea
3: uh, I don't know <laughs> it's just just yeah. questions
2: <laughs> I right, like kind of like the idea of uh, of Tim Duncan and manage Ginobili I have no idea why it's just very
1: awkward.
3: <laughs> he's a European player we can take that <laughs> yeah. He's
1: not you. He's not, he's not. He's not He's, Arsene. 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 he's Arsene. Arsene. Hey, but he played, he played
2: in Italy. He counts. He has, he has dual citizenship. We can, we can give him that honorary Italian citizenship. Sergio Baca counts
0: as well.
3: Mm-hmm. It's alright, Luol Dane's British. <laughs> For now. Uh,
0: just <laughs> like Ben Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Don't bring his name up. Joel Freeland?
3: I don't think Ben Gordon's played in about five seasons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I don't actually think he's alive at this point.
3: <laughs> it's very possible.
1: Oh, aren't someone actually, like, He's been bought out, hasn't he, by Bobcat? So, surely, yeah, like. He
3: can't sign for a playoff team. Yeah, he? they they screwed him over. You
1: can't yeah. sign with oh, a team. Oh, that's. I thought, like, Miami or something could pick him up.
2: But apparently, you know, people. Apparently, if he's not alive, that's not that bad a thing to <laughs> well,
1: some barge. <laughs> maybe, maybe the Thunder game, he'd still probably do a better job than uh, Fisher.
2: So. Yeah, it's true.
3: <laughs> okay, we've got another one here. Obviously, listeners doing their uh, research. Um. If you could become any historical figure, famous historical figure, who would it be and why?
2: Oh, Otto von Bismarck, clearly. <laughs> um, Big Germans. I, I I like how tricky he was and how he played sides against each other and accumulated in power. I, I I am not that person. I'm not that politically minded the way he was. But he's he's my favorite historical figure. I, I've always been impressed impressed with what he did and uh it's it's just unfortunate that he almost created a system that was so complicated that when he was out of the picture i mean the kaiser was an oaf and just screwed everything up and you know it was almost too complicated for anybody else to run it but he he's my favorite that's who i'd be i was gonna say i
3: know you're big on your history we've had a load of programs on the bbc over here the last few weeks about world war one because obviously it's 100 years since the start of world War one so we've had all kinds of things. And that's quite an appropriate, uh, per, uh, famous person to, to, to say. So that was, that was a good one.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I don't think it ever would have happened if, uh, if Von Bismarck was still, still running things. You know, he got, he got ousted. I think, uh, the Kaiser felt, felt threatened. And, uh, that guy was just, you know, we, we see it in the NBA, right? Where <laughs> Dolan, or Jim Dolan, it's just, he's just the son of somebody. And then he gets to run things and create colossal, uh, colossal mistakes. And, it's it's more tragic when somebody's running a country.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's certainly a, a very turbulent point in well Europe's history, and obviously America's because you did come in eventually.
2: <laughs> ah, barely. You know, World War Two was more so for us, but World War One that was more that was more you guys. That was more your scene. It's
3: okay, I'll have to link you to a uh, Niall Ferguson. Do you, you know who Niall Ferguson is?
2: Yeah, the academic.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he had a he had a debate show that was on the other day, and he was basically saying how we shouldn't have got involved in the war and how it was bad. And all these other historians had a go at and said all these facts were wrong. And he did this chart of deaths and he put the less Americans died than Serbians and things like that. And it's like, well, duh, like the Americans yeah. ended the war in the final few months, whereas, you know, the Serbs and, and have been is, in it for the whole four years.
2: <laughs> that, that is his main argument, though. He has, yeah, he has talked about how uh, the Brits shouldn't have gotten involved. Um, and I do wonder what, have, what would have happened is that was the game changer I, ultimately, the, the Germans shouldn't have invaded through uh, through Belgium because that the violation of neutrality is what caused, yeah. uh, caused England to become involved. Um, but it is an interesting question of whether they should have just said, eh, Belgium schmeldrum, and, uh, you know, allowed things to play out. <laughs> I, I just, hey, hot take, I don't think anybody can know. <laughs> something, butterfly effect, something much worse might have happened. Who knows? Don't
1: you think, like, um America joining the war late and winning it is gonna be like Karan Butler if if the Thunder <laughs> Thunder win the title. I think <laughs> it, it, is, I he's think
2: gonna be
1: gonna come in and <laughs> take
2: all the glory. I think uh you know, at that juncture in history we were a Karan Butler, yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, um the next one is Oscar related. Uh quite simple what's your favorite film? Uh,
2: of all time? Or Whoa, you know I'd, I'd imagine so. <laughs> uh, take it. um I love I love Children of Men. That movie just goes, and I it. it Cronin is my favorite director. Just, Clive Owen. Yeah, Clive, Clive Owen's you know hilarious, and that is this you know cranky <laughs> cranky smoker who's put upon, and I I, I just I, that movie I, I can watch it again and again. That's my favorite.
3: I thought it would be Space Jam. Oh yeah. <laughs> by the way, you were going on about it last week on a, a, a
2: EOB. <laughs> I don't think like a lot of people
1: realize like.
3: It's not I know a good you, film.
1: It's, it's like, not a documentary. Like, like people, yeah. like I think every non-basketball fan loves the film, but every, well, most basketball fans should not. I just don't know. It's just terrible. I actually think hot take, LeBron would do a better job.
2: <laughs> well, I think a lot of it is that the people talk about it, saw talk about it now, saw it when they were a little kid, and so you have no sense of what's good and what's bad, and you you are without context, you know, you're without context. So that's what people are talking about. They're talking about how they felt about when they were a little kid, and they don't know that if you actually had to sit down and watch this awful, terrible, dreck movie, then you would have a different judgment. And then they hide behind something else. They go, oh, well, it's a movie for kids. And, well, you know, there's some great movies for kids. There's The Sandlot. That's a great movie that's for kids. This is not a great movie that's for kids. It's an awful movie. It's terrible.
3: It's, It's like the kids nowadays who say the Star Wars prequels are really good films.
2: The, oh, the, God. That's just that's painful.
3: They don't belong on this earth. <laughs> I haven't
1: watched any Star Wars
3: films. You haven't seen a single Star Wars film? Mm, sorry, mate. Wow. That's impressive. That really is.
1: My, my childhood consisted of sports. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, the next one. Do you think the League needs a flexible television schedule? He gives an example. Over here in the UK, we tend to get a lot of Knicks games, and right now that isn't exactly fun for us to watch.
2: Oh, yeah. I Well, here's a good example for tonight. Um, as we record this, the Thunder are playing the Suns. And instead, we're going to on the NBA and TNT. Instead, we will get the Lakers versus the Clippers. Sorry to, uh, you know, <laughs> to you, the Laker fan. But I would far, far rather see the Thunder play the Suns. And yes, the league, I, I do believe they do have something of a flex schedule. But if they can increase flexibility, that would be great.
3: What do you think about the television rights? Cause like over here, it took us what? Three or four months to get to nail down some sort of schedule to get it on television, and last you've year it was even weird, worse.
2: You've got some weird stuff happening too, where we get to watch more EPL games than you guys do. I don't, yeah. I don't care. No
3: yeah, I, I, I said on the I said on the show the other day. It's really strange that the Premier League doesn't have a league pass, but apparently in Australia there's a EPL league pass available to buy, like yeah. as a monthly subscription. Yet yeah, we haven't got that over here. So if I want to watch. I don't know Norwich versus Stoke, and it's not on Sky Sports. No sport. one wants to watch no it. I can't watch, watch it. Well, no one wants to watch it, but I'm just giving it an example. I get more. I, I can watch more Norwich games on Fox Sports than I can on my own local television channel. It's kind of annoying.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who's who? Who from America is
0: watching Norwich?
2: some <laughs> degenerate. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> At least your teams are on TV. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, well,
1: sorry. I, I missed. I missed what team, Ethan? Uh, does Ethan have a team?
2: I don't really have a I don't really have a team. I'm very NBA with it where I just arbitrarily follow certain players and, and all that. You know, I, I I had a passing affection for Arsenal because Ooh, you know, we, 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 t- we talked we talked about how playing video games can let you in on sports and get you into certain sports. Like I played FIFA and then they, back in the day. It's like, oh, playing with a Thierry Henry guy is pretty cool. And then <laughs> I started liking Arsenal just not knowing anything. I mean, you have to realize that you guys grow up with uh, with football um, in the 90s. It just didn't exist out here. It's mm. like it didn't exist other than the World Cup. They, so it, none of that information got over here other than through this video game. And so now it's so different. Kids here now grow up with it and they know about the EPL and it's going to be so much more popular going forward. But when I was growing up, you just you couldn't know anything about anything. Mm. But that's a long winded way of saying I liked Arsenal and all. We played for them. Now I don't really care, and I I'm sort of a free agent right now.
1: Yeah, well, don't follow the way of, of Jared Dubin and some other bloggers that have decided to support Man City.
2: Um Well, I like I <laughs> like Man City when Balotelli was out on Man City, but now he's not there. So I that's the Ooh. thing. I'm very. I'm very NBA. I'm very NBA. <laughs>
1: well, you'll be glad to know that this, this is really off topic. Sorry, but Arsenal are interested in Mario Balotelli, apparently.
2: So. I know. I see so, that would be a that would be a marriage made in heaven for me. I would enjoy.
3: <laughs> Frankie's very up on his Arsenal. He's a Londoner and he actually runs one of the uh, bigger sort of youth writer sites for Arsenal fans. So
1: definitely knows his football. <laughs> oh, I, try, I try. I pretend to.
3: Pretend to. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last question. If you're in the NBA, what would your pump up song be?
2: <laughs> Ooh, I guess it would be, uh, Annie Up, um, ah. by MOP. Hey, uh, yeah. Any, any mix, any highlight mix with that song is fantastic.
0: Is that the <laughs> remix? Just to get it so with Buster Rhymes or are we going oh, yeah. straight original? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll go, I'll go remix on that. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Matt?
3: Me? Both? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. The, I, I don't know. Probably like the final f- three or four minutes of Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, 50 Cent, Life on the Line. Uh, I, I think I might go like M.O.P. Cold as Ice. Oh, <laughs> that's not very good to what, say that M. you're going to be in an NBA game and you're going to go as cold as ice. What about no, the... it, it, I'm going to be like, like, um, kill them. Like, like I'm going to be icy, icy <laughs> Just going cool. to kill them.
1: Oh,
3: uh, there's, uh, there's the Foreigner version of that song. You could just you could use that one. Uh, I I don't know what you are talking about. No. <laughs> I'm lost. How old are you, Matt? How old am I? 22, but I have quite a diverse music taste.
2: <laughs> you always don't a good thing. 22 at all. See, that's how the accent tricks me. You know, it's just uh...
3: everyone says I sound like I'm 40, and that's from yeah, English people. I play over PlayStation. Oh, wow. I I play over the PlayStation Network, so you know.
2: <laughs> Even See, though I thought I was... it was more that there's something about I, I hear my colonial overlords and I just think they're <laughs> ancient wisdom than I do. But uh, but apparently it's it's more of a widespread issue. <laughs> how can you sound
0: old? I don't know. You um, talk about tea a lot like I was about an hour ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, in terms of the actual tone of the voice, what is it that makes deeper. someone
3: sound old? Deeper? More gruffly? I don't know. Who knows?
1: What, like you've had a hard life or something? Yeah. Given up on life, yeah. <laughs> All right.
3: Like you've been watching the Lakers this season, I think. Oh,
1: well, try being <laughs> For the Sixers fans. Yeah. Nah, to be fair, I, I think I gave, it was really fun at the start. <laughs> like, um, Carl Williams was, was, was really playing well. And I, I, I went from hating Spencer Hawes. I think a lot of Sixers fans have done this. They, 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 they hated him. He couldn't play defense. And then, and then, uh, he shot like, a load of long twos. Then we got this new coach who, who realized that there was actually a three point line. And, um, Spencer Hawes started becoming really fun. So. I think Spencer Hawes is like a player now. A lot of Sixers fans are rooting for. Are you saying that
0: caps. you are? You saying that you didn't like Doug Collins' offensive uh, repertoire?
2: We're We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I I am. I cannot talk about that, seeing as he is with ESPN. I think his commentator ah. is fantastic. <laughs>
1: Great
2: commentator. Great in the studio show.
3: Yeah. Okay, we, we, we've got a uh, we've got a, a little segment that we usually do, and we're gonna ask you if you'd like to put something in it, but you don't have to; it's completely up to you. Um, so we have a we have an NBA Hall of Fame over here,
2: mm-hmm.
3: which is created by us, but it's set post two thousand, so there's no Michael Jordan, there's no Larry Bird, there's no Magic Johnson, and it's allowed to hold moments, events. So whether it's the All Star Game in Dallas or the two thousand Slam Dunk Contest or as Frankie Hobbs fantastically did, put Spencer Hawes' almost triple-double in.
1: Uh, if you, quadruple, almost quadruple-double.
3: Quadruple-double, double, sorry. If you, so we've got the 2008 Golden State Warriors, we've got Brandon Roy, we've got all kinds of people in there. Is there anything or any particular moment that you could think of that you'd like to put into our Hall of Fame?
2: Uh, the moment when Kevin Garnett gave Mikhail a hug, after the recent tragedy that he had suffered and mm. you know there there was crying and there was weeping and i thought about their entire history together and i got choked up and i got sentimental that moment right there i would put in it in the uh you know schmaltzy hall of fame
1: awesome can i, can I put something in, are we all putting something in tonight or? uh
3: i haven't got anything but you can put something in if you like
1: I, i'd like to put in um alan iveson in his speech i want to put in the moment where he showered out Howdeskin. eskin i thought that was a <laughs> <laughs> he shouted out Howard Eskin in, in his speech. Maybe, maybe we'll just put the whole speech in because some people might not get that reference. But how do you know who Esken is? Uh well, when because of rise to Ricky. We're, we're, uh, we're, I'm a
2: Sixers fan, and
1: you kind of get to know the, the Philly media. and
2: hey, hey guys, I have to. I actually have to go right now. Uh, yep. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, oh, that's
1: cool. Thank, thank
3: you, you very much, Ethan. <laughs> thanks
2: Cheers for having you me, serve. guys. Thank a lot you. of fun. Peace. Yeah.
3: See you later. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Hi, it's
3: Peter Vefi. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. Okay, so you can find Ethan Sherwood Strauss on Twitter, at Sherwood Strauss. Um, it was fantastic to have Ethan on. Obviously, you've just heard the whole podcast. Uh, I apologize that Frankie had to run off during the fire alarm, but he is alive, so that's all that matters. Um, yeah, well,
1: you know, uh, good to know I'm loved.
3: Yeah, we, we love you. And Ethan Ethan was worried about you as well. Oh, well, you know,
1: if you, if you impress Ethan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can find me on Twitter at matt smash. You can find Matthew Bates
0: at Bates991. No one wants to you... follow me. They're not inter- <laughs> They're not clever enough to get the wit.
1: So right, uh, you can follow Frankie. Up. Uh, multitude of places. <laughs> Stop being a pain in the ass. All right. Well, is that Frankie Holder? I'm not going to force you. Oh, it's actually Frankie underscore. He's already got said. more followers than me and Bates put together. So <laughs> that's all- not hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I don't want to sell you dreams I'm not that great At tweeting anymore Oh well if you, if and, you, and, you, and I make I, I make terrible jokes I tweet the most obvious things So If you I wouldn't follow me If I was you
3: Okay well, you
0: If cop- you want the f- Opposite of that
1: If you want to find
3: Some interesting tweets You can follow the podcast At uh, DoubleClutchUK You can find us on Facebook At Facebook uh, Facebook.com Slash DoubleClutchPodcast Get involved with the conversation On Twitter using Hashtag NBA in the UK. We do have a look at those Just to see what people are saying And there's been quite a few people Using them recently Please keep reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, As I said on Monday, we've still, we've now got 16 reviews, five, uh, 15, five stars, which is fantastic for us. And we keep going up and up in the charts. So the more downloads we get, the more reviews we expect. So it'd be nice if uh, everybody could give us nice uh, written reviews because it's the best way we can get feedback. Um, You can find the blog and the podcast and everything else in the Hall of Fame. Over at uk But I have been Matt, he's been Frankie, he's been Bates, and we'll catch you at some point next week, probably Monday. Bye bye. Bye
2: bye. Bye bye. Yeah, so no, I, I know some of the lingo. Yeah, you know, we,
3: we see American culture through Friends, which is still being rerun um, 10 years on or 12 years on or whatever it uh, is. I'm not sure you're the biggest, biggest fan of Friends.
2: You know what? I appreciate uh, what it represents um, <laughs> and how it, it was the first American sitcom to be a soap opera that was smart. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily something. I just don't like uh, the Ross character. He's just so mopey.
0: Oh, he's my, he's my favorite.
2: He's your favorite, eh? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, there's something about Schwimmer where I, I, I can't get with it. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. I'm unfair sometimes. Like, Jimmy Fallon, right now, his show is great. Everybody loves it. But I just there's something about Jimmy Fallon I don't like. I, I can't explain it.
0: He's just too nice to people that you know. Yeah. Them. He just doesn't like.
2: He's, he's too nice. There's something inauthentic about how nice. Fallon is, and that's what bugs me. And also, it's I'm, I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy, and always have been. I, I'm into the tortured comedian. I need somebody who has something wrong with them. I don't like this well adjusted <laughs> guy up here telling jokes. Get out of here with that. I don't need that.
0: You imagine Louis C.K. doing Fallon's job though? I don't think no. anyone would really want to come come on the show.
2: No, I, could, I couldn't imagine it. That's why Louis C.K. is just such a such a better comedian. You know, you need you need something wrong with you. So I, I, that that probably explains the Fallon objection I have. <laughs> what does the northern one mean what does that mean north of england oh north of
1: england because like england has done more of north and south as opposed to east and west
2: you, you, you can't expect a stupid american like myself <laughs> well i thought because you're, you're
1: quite uh, you're from san francisco a bit of hip stuff
2: I, <laughs> I might have i know of, i know of north london i know i know that and,
3: just a uh, bit more north from there. yeah <laughs> And the, the guy
1: talking was Frankie.
2: Oh, hi. <laughs> Hello, Frankie. All
1: right. Nice to uh,
2: talk. <laughs> <laughs> nice to talk with you as well. <laughs>
1: right,
3: right. Um, we've got a few things we'll go through. I'll just obviously start the show in a minute. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to particularly bring up or did on, you? Man,
2: whatever, Whatever you guys want to talk about. Let's hit it.
3: Well, we've got some random things, because um, we all obviously listen to EOB, and when you're on, uh, tangents tend to be a big thing. So we've got some funny questions from some listeners, so (laughs) we'll be hitting them up towards the end. But um, let's just say some of them involve, uh, well, NBA, Oscars, Top Gun, historical figures.
2: (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) All fair game.
3: I know we'll get the background to Sir Soccer at some point during this as well. (laughs) Sure.
2: I don't know what it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of impossible to explain.
0: <laughs> I want to know right. if you've got any more uh, stereotypes for British people.
2: Oh, stereotypes for British <laughs> people. Okay, uh, you know what? You guys will be my basis. You know, like <laughs> after this, we'll have a whole host of new ones. <laughs> and uh, you, know, the, you guys will be my fuel.